Hello everyone, Maayang Adlao. Welcome back to Philippine X in Wellness. In our last episode, we spoke with Trisha Perez of Talaya Guides about transitions, death, and rebirth in honor of Undas or All Souls Day. Thanks again, Trisha, for enlightening us about the power of transitions. Our opening and closing track for season two is Help Me by Richie. For this month's episode, as we approach the holidays, Philippine X in Wellness presents Philippine X Identity in Children's Books with Paula Diocampo. I'm Cheryl Sampson Ramirez. My preferred pronouns are she, her, sha. I'm ethnically Bisayan and Chinese, currently streaming from the traditional territories and still living Chumash, Tongva, and Kich people, colonially known as Los Angeles. Philippine X in Wellness's vision is to support the wellness of the Philippine X community through resource sharing, podcast streams, and partnerships with professionals and organizations in order to live healthier, happier, and more fulfilling lives. If you're not following us already, please feel free to follow us at Philippine X in Wellness with a P ending with an X in Wellness on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and on Twitter via the handle at PhilippineX, the letter N, the word well, followed by the letters N and S. We honor this safe space by asking everyone to speak and listen respectfully from your heart throughout our time together. This pre-recorded session can be accessed through our Philippine X and Wellness YouTube channel and on Apple Podcasts. As always, we'll be sure to answer any questions that you have sent us via our Instagram stories, within our episodes. Please keep in mind that anything that is not discussed, or I'm sorry, that is discussed, is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not meant to be medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare practitioner for your particular condition, especially before starting any exercise or new health program. Philippine X and Wellness was formed to provide a dialogue around topics that affect the wellness of our community. We're here to also highlight Philippine X individuals and organizations that are actively doing wellness work. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest speaker, Paolo, Paula Diocampo. Hi. Hi, Paula. Hi. Happy to be here. We're also happy that you're here. Paula Diocampo, everyone, is a Filipino-American writer, crafter, actor, producer, and certified California naturalist. She is the author of B, a lyrical tale for adolescents, teens, and the adults inner child. As a multi-passionate creative, Paula has immersed herself in songwriting, memoir, fiber art, fitness training, plant-based nutrition, citizen science, and filmmaking. More recently, she helped produce and played a leading role in Jane Doe, an award-winning short film. She is currently working on her next manuscript as well as a female forward collaboration geared toward the stage. We would like to welcome to Philippine X in Wellness for the first time, Paula Diacampo. And again, Paula, we're so happy to have you here on this podcast. Very happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, so Paula, something that we always start off with in our episodes is asking our guests, where is your family from in the Philippines through your parents' lineages? 
And where are you currently streaming from in case that's different from where you're residing? So my mom's side is, she's basically a city girl from Manila, so Tagalog. And my father's side is Bisayan. My dad's from Bacolod. And I'm currently in Laguna Hills, California, which is the traditional territory of the Tongva and Hashiman people. Great, thank you. Um, we also wanted to um, just welcome, you know, more folks from Orange County. We um, had some uh, special ed educational uh, specialists earlier on in the podcast. So nice. we're excited to branch out and expand our reach. Awesome. Let's dive in. Um, being a Philippine X author of children's books with Philippine X characters, can you provide for us a synopsis of your book and also your targeted age demographic? So B is, it's a lyrical tale. It's about basically a girl, a young girl who's a creative that learns the difference between living for the approval of others and following her own voice and her own passion for art and music and uh, dealing with the fear. Okay. And what kind of um, fear are, are we talking about for uh, pretty much the fear of not belonging. Um, there's, and it's, this stems from personal experience, this story. So it basically is about the fear of your parents' disapproval, of not having the support of your community when you want to branch off into something that is not conventional. And what did you say were the um, ages um, of like, yeah, the audience that you'd like um, to target for your book? So I really feel that this is, um, it's a broad range. You can certainly read it to children because the illustrations are beautiful, um, though there would probably have to be a discussion afterward between the parent and child. I would say that it's more adolescence, um, teens, young adults, and most definitely the adult's inner child. Okay, great. I also wanted to ask you, um, Paula, how did you get into the path of being a children's book author? Was there an event or a series of events that prompted you into deciding to do this? So I've always been a bit of a closet writer. I've written a lot of things that haven't seen the light of day. Um, but during the pandemic, I thought that, you know, this is it. Let me, let me go for it and write a novel or a memoir. And so I joined a 30 day writing challenge where you're just supposed to show up every day for an hour to write. Um, and it was in the last half hour of the very last day of the 30 day challenge that I came up with this. I was lost for the whole month. And then this just sprouted out of nowhere um, on that last day. And so it just went from there. I see. Well, when you were writing the book, Paula, what was your inspiration? I know uh, there was a community question that came through from one of our former guests, Marsha Pacificar, mm -hmm. who actually is interesting. She's an, an astrologer. I'd love to have her back to Ooh. just talk about astrology. Yes. Nice. Um, and, and she asks what similarly, what inspired you to create a book? 
So why don't we start there? Um, I had, it was kind of always a dream to have a book in print in my hands um, when I was young. And as I grew older, I just wanted to express my experiences um, in case there was anyone out there that could relate. And so that was pretty much my drive. When it came to B in particular, um, I felt that I really wanted to express this story because it was, um, I, I think that it's very relatable to young Filipino, Filipino-American um, kids, creatives, sensitive kids. Um, and there are a couple of things in there, elements in there that are specific to the experience of a young Filipino-American girl um, in terms of being told how you should look, being told how you should behave, what career you should choose, things like that. This is a really timely, I think, point to be writing a book like this, especially as we see an increase of identity connecting to social media and a lot of uh, adolescents or even children are getting wrapped up into with uh, the idea of perfection and their identity being defined on social media. Was that in the background or in the back of your mind as you were writing this? Absolutely. I mean, there is um, really just kind of a short verse in the book that, that points that out in terms of... Um, identity, well, identity in, in terms of the way that one looks. Um, I, as, as a child, and um, I think my friends as well, and even young people that I talk to now, Filipino, Filipino American, uh, girls in particular, have been told that they should aspire to look, you know, um, to basically aspire to look like a white person, um, to aspire to white beauty. And that really messes with people. Um, and it can be a lifelong issue for many folks that have these words drilled into their head by their community. Um, so yeah, I think it is important to have those elements in there um, because what what gets put in front of our faces, um, especially over and over again, or things that we hear over and over again, they're going to change our narrative. It's, you know, they're, you're given a narrative and never told a lot of the time that you can create your own. Yeah, as you talk about that, I, I think about the times where um, I had family members that would pinch my nose or they would ask me to not sit or stand in the sun for long periods of time or even that common, um, oh, you're, you're gaining weight type of comment or yes. all these things. It, it, yes. comes, it comes across my mind as I, I listen to you talk. And that's exactly what I had in mind when I was writing this is all those three elements you just spoke of, you know, don't play under the sun for too long. You'll get too dark. Pinch your nose. This was a daily thing that was told, you know, pinch your nose so that it might 
look better, you know, look more like a white girl's. I didn't know for years that I actually have a pretty good nose. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, and uh, yeah, the gaining weight, that was, it was constant. Um, you know, they would even touch my stomach and go, oh, is it, you know, is it getting a little big? What have you been eating? So, um, and I think that still happens. And I think that social media can really perpetuate that. And so I felt it was important to get that out there and say, hey, what, what people are telling you is, is not necessarily who you are and what you should be. Yeah, definitely. I, it does still happen, surprisingly, or maybe not for, for a lot of people. I know recently I went to hang out with a friend's daughter and I overheard a conversation with, a, with uh, the parent telling the da daughter, oh, don't feed her too much food. She's going to gain weight. Oh. And she's only three, you know, and immediately I just went up to bat for the, the daughter, you know, saying, I don't know if you should be, you know, sending her those types of messages. I know she's only three, but she's still now old enough to be able to pick apart what you might be saying or even inquire what that meant. And so I, I definitely see it. I, I thought it was something that was just within our parents' generation, but I'm now seeing these traits like passed down to our generation. Yes. And that's why uh, another reason why I feel that it's important is because sometimes I think that our new generation passes these things down without realizing uh, the consequences. And, and certainly probably, you know, our elders were passing down stuff that, that were, that was given to them. Um, and so I think that needs to be questioned. And I hope that parents might see this and, and question their own words and, and wonder if, you know, am, am I giving my kid the wrong message here? Am I embedding something in there that might cause issues in the future. Yeah, I'm glad that you found a creative uh, outlet and a way to address these traumas, these, you know, these things that are toxic behaviors, let's call mm -hmm. it, you know, that mm -hmm. have been passed down in, in a children's book, because it's so important to embed these ideas of self-love and acceptance at a, such yes. a very young age. Yes. Absolutely. I want to ask you, Paula, were there individuals in your lives that you wanted to include in your story? Were there additional like values or elements that you felt were important to convey in addition to what you've already talked about? Um, it was really mainly that, that, you know, the, um, the elements of our culture that, you know, might be of detriment to the new generation. Um, but I, I also wanted to make sure that the main character was, you know, it was, it was a given, you know, it's, it was inspired by my own personal experience. So I feel that that character represents all the young girls that I knew growing up and that know now, uh, my illustrator being one of them that had a very similar experience growing up. 
Yeah. Okay. So, Paul, can you talk to me about your process? How long did it take for you to complete your book? It took about a year. The story itself only took um, a couple of days, really. Um, took a week for me to figure out that I wanted to turn it into a book. And uh, I guess the longest part was working with my illustrator and uh, just yeah, making sure that um, she knew my vision, which she very clearly did, um, and then working with my book designer. So yeah, it took about one year to get published. Were there other books that you might have read or other children's books that inspired you to write your own? Well, in terms of um, children's books, uh, I was always inspired by rhyme. So I loved Shel Silverstein growing up and Dr. Seuss. And so you kind of get that feeling as you read uh, through the story. Um, but I'm, I'm often inspired by pretty much every author I read and I, I love fiction. Um, so yeah, but, but uh, in terms of this book, those were my, those are my inspirations. Do you see this as a part of a series of books that you'd like to create, or is this kind of a, a standalone book? Where do you see the trajectory of this? You know, it's funny because in the beginning, I really just thought this was it. This was my one book. It'll probably be my only children's book, but so many ideas kind of emerged from this. And so I, I'm kind of playing with the idea. I'm playing with the idea of making it a trilogy. <laughs> We'll see. I don't like to pressure myself too much. Um, so if it comes, it comes. Yeah. And I'm curious, what were your was your family's response to the book? I'm, I'm sure a lot of what we write or a lot of what you mentioned that you write is very personal. Um, when your family's got a hold of the, your family or your loved ones got a hold of the book, what were their reactions? You know, I... <laughs> I don't even know if they read the book. <laughs> I certainly gave it to them, um, but they were, you know, just initially proud and, and they thought, you know, that was really cool and everything. But I was told a while back that your the, the people closest to you will probably not be your audience. <laughs> And so I'm not too, you know, I don't, I don't feel too bad about that. So I haven't gotten feed, I haven't gotten feedback from family um, other than um, my sister uh, and probably Krish, um, you know, my sister-in-law. But yeah, I mostly get feedback from uh, friends or just people online that have gotten a hold of the book. And what's your ideal reach um, for this book to get out there? Like, where would you like to distribute this book ideally? Whose hands would you like for it to land in? Um, I think mostly the creatives, the young creatives, the young sensitives, uh, just like me. Um, and honestly, the adults inner child, like I... I love speaking to people of my generation that have gone through the same stuff and are now seeing this experience in text. 
um, I think there's something about it that's soothing for them. And I just, I love the feeling of, of healing, of knowing that like, oh, I've kind of aided in your healing process. Awesome. Yeah. I noted in your bio that you also have experience in film. Do you, and filmmaking, do you have any thoughts about also eventually turning this story into an animated piece? I actually th thought about making this piece uh, kind of a live action type of deal, like a, a short story. Um, so it's it hasn't been on my radar uh, for the past year, but it is definitely an idea that I want to play with, especially if I end up uh, writing it as a series. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're at a good place for our first half. So right. I definitely wanted to say that uh, thank you again for joining us for season two of Philippine X and Wellness. We're talking with Philippine X children's book author Paula Diocampo about Philippine X identity in children's books. Please stay tuned. Feel free to take a quick stretch, refill your water or tea. We'll be right back after this quick um, this is for you, Ezekiel, show world, I'm just living in it. Baby girl, you inspire me. Can't believe I held you inside of me. Took me 10 years to prepare. Now I dedicate this song to my one and only Isley. No pressure, I'ma let you be whoever. Cause my mama always let me do whatever. That's why I'm never scared to venture. Any locked door I bust down so you could enter. Learned your ABCs before you potty train. Real Taurus, all stubborn, wanted Izzy's way. Ready to see your fam at play dates. Hate to say we can and we might have to wait. Only had two years before mama passed. When I start to cry, you interrupt to make me laugh. I know she blessed you with her spirit in the aftermath. I'm just happy that she held you in her mighty hands. Yeah. Is it y'all? The world is yours. The world is yours. The world is yours. The world is yours. Welcome back to Philippine Exton Wellness. You were just listening to the first part of Isley's World by Rocky Rivera off of the Rockin' Rods Forever mixtape, Volume 10. You can help support Rocky Rivera by following her on Instagram at Rocky Rivera. She is an MC, journalist, and author from the Bay Area, currently residing in Oakland, California. For bookings and purchases, visit her website www.rockyrivera.com You can also find her music off of the Beat Rock Music website beatrockmusic.com Spotify, YouTube and Apple Music to name a few Additional information can be found through her bio site link located in her Instagram bio Shout out to all of our Philippine X musicians out there laying down the tracks Returning from our break I wanted to talk to you, Paula, uh, actually about Izzy's World. I know that you chose that track for our podcast. 
curious to know what the context is and why you brought in that track for your episode. Uh, well, besides the fact that uh, I'm a fan, <laughs> um, it's, I mean, it's very close to my heart. Krish is uh, my sister. Um, she, Isley is my niece. And uh, this particular song is just so in line with the message that I want uh, this story to convey, um, which is that, you know, it's your world. You can do anything you want. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Um, so it was just perfect. Yeah, I, I love the track too when I was listening to it. Uh, and I'm really excited to listen to the rest of uh, the album. Yeah. Shout out to Rocky for really sharing that track with our with our podcast. Yes. And now I want to dive in actually to uh, a question that I hold uh, near and dear because I'm married to an illustrator. I wanted to actually ask you, you know, about the illustration in your book. Um, we know that uh, what helps to make children's books co come alive is the near is the illustration attached mm -hmm. to the narration. So who did you work for uh, with um, to illustrate your book? And maybe talk about your process. Um, so I'm just really lucky because um, one of my nieces, who is also my goddaughter, uh, is an illustrator. Uh, she is a college student at UCLA. She is a cognitive science major. Um, and she now is a creative director for Pages for Pediatrics, where they illustrate books for um, children with pediatric illnesses. So shout out to her. She was just amazing on this project. Um, I wanted to um, convey very specific images and she, she just knew what I was talking about. Um, and it was probably because she's had a very similar experience to mine growing up. I'm really impressed that she was she's not even an art major. She's a uh, cognitive science major. And I'm even more impressed that she's doing illustrations for you mentioned for um, the a pediatric department. Pages for pediatrics at UCLA. Pages, pages for pediatrics. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty impressive. Was this inspired after she helped you with your book or was this something, a personal passion of hers? I believe that it, it, um, yeah, kind of inspired her to do so. Um, though I'm sure she was probably on her way, you know, to, to doing something like that. Anyhow, she's really into passion projects. Uh, whenever there's a break at school, she's ready to go and wants to know what the next project is. So, um, yeah, I was really lucky to, to have her. Um, she did it during her first year of, uh, school. So I'm just thankful. <laughs> Yeah, was this her first project um, illustrating something like this? Um, I'm not. I th maybe uh, in terms of a book, but she has illustrated um, a lot of things in the past. Um, in high school, she was illustrating things for an organization that she was part of. Um, so I had already seen her work on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. I also wanted to ask you, we were talking about this earlier, Paula. Mm -hmm. um, our title is Philippine X-Identity in Children's Books. 
why do you think it's important to have Philippine X characters in your book? Aside from identifying as such yourself, but mm -hmm. also what are some larger messages that you hope children will take away after reading it? I mean, overall, I want, I want young brown people to see themselves as main characters and not, you know, as a sidekick or the token Asian. Um, I want them to, to see themselves represented in um, stories as, you know, as, as the main character, as the protagonist, um, because it, it, it otherwise kind of subconsciously makes us feel that way, that we are second somehow, that we are um, inferior somehow. So yeah, it's, it's important to build the confidence of uh, young people in that way. I also wanted to ask you, I, I saw that Krishnamurti is um, mentioned in your book. Yeah. What kind of um, role uh, did Krishnamurti have in, the, in your journey or in writing this book? I would say that Krishnamurti changed my life. Um, I had no awareness of self. I had no awareness of uh, my ego until I read his work, uh, years and years ago now. Um, so that it absolutely influences the story and the journey that this girl goes on. Um, he says, you know, Krishnamurti says truth is a pathless land. And so I also thought it important to show that nobody saves her. Nobody rescues her. She rescues herself. Um, because you, you know, you can find your truth by looking within versus trying to um, look for the all the external factors to validate you. Yes, that definitely resonated when um, I read that in the book, but I'm not going to give too much away uh, of the book because people should pick it up and read it. For yes, sure. yes. <laughs> and when you were writing this book, do you feel like you were in a different place in the beginning and then that your your journey also shifted towards the end of writing the book and reaching its completion? Yeah. Um, I When I first started writing it that day, um, it was kind of a, a way to soothe myself. It was kind of a way to say, okay, these are the things that really happened to me. Um, this was my experience, but Krishnamurti is always floating around in there. <laughs> and so I, I thought, well, why don't I just document my whole journey um, or the journey that I wish I would have taken um, had I listened to my own voice many, many years ago? Um, yeah. I see. And also I wanted to ask, when I was actually preparing for this episode, uh, talking about literature within the realm of wellness might be far off for some, but how do you see um, literature and even specifically children's books as playing a role in a, an individual's wellness journey? I, I For me, 
you know, it's, it can be absolutely part of self-care to read, especially a story that speaks to you, that resonates with you. Um, I think it has a lot to do with your wellness, with your well-being. Yeah. So if, if you were to see your book in a bookstore, what section other than children's books, do you see it also on a self in the self-care section? How would you d describe it to someone that were, were to journey in the bookstore? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, if it were up to me, I'd have it in various sections of the library. Um, because as I said, it does speak to the inner child. So I would probably want to put it in the young adult section. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And for members of our community that would love to purchase your books, how or where can they purchase them? Uh, pretty much anywhere online that sells books, uh, Amazon, eBay, Target, Barnes and Noble. Um, most people go through Amazon or um, Book Baby who publish the book. Um, they have a bookshop. You could find it through there. Do you have any upcoming book launches or signings that you're doing? Any upcoming events that you'd like to share or plug? No, I'm not doing anything in terms of promotion right now. Um, I'm pretty much just writing. I'm just continuing to write and see what comes. And are there other Philippine X authors or Filipino authors that you would like to mention in this episode who inspired you on your literary journey? Um, maybe people people that you think our community should look into? Yes, actually, um, I don't read enough Philippine authors. I will admit that. But recently, uh, I read Mia Alvar's um, In the Country. Fantastic, beautiful writing. I mean, just she goes in deep. <laughs> yeah, she really reaches for your heart. Yeah. Nice. I'll have to check that out and add that too. I haven't heard of that book yet. It, yeah, it's a collection of short stories, beautiful stories. Mm -hmm. That how really. Did you, how did you come across it? I was basically just googling uh, yeah. Filipino American authors, and uh, there aren't enough. <laughs> uh, right. But yeah, she popped up, and when I looked at the synopsis, I was like, "Yeah, this this is what I'm looking for." Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now we can add you to the collection of authors out there. Yay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Before we close, Paula, we always like to ask our guests, what are your own wellness um, practices? So what do you do for self-care that may be inspirational for other individuals listening when you're not <laughs> writing or when you're not um, making films or in films? Um, well, I love to journal, so that's part of, uh, that's writing as well, but uh, getting regular exercise, being out in nature, even if it's just to take a walk out to a local trail and um, become a citizen scientist, you know, take pictures of flora that you want to identify, that stuff really um, soothes my soul. Um, I, uh, I do a lot of guided visualizations uh, that really helps a lot. Meditation. Um, and uh, yeah, nature walks. <laughs> and speaking of 
the the book itself you talked about an individual's journey um through their own fear what were the tools that help you helped you personally navigate through your own fear oh well, again i'll have to talk about krishnamurti <laughs> um it's it's basically i i have gone through this practice of self-awareness where you're you're in non-judgment, which is very hard to do, of course. Uh, but it's in non-judgment that I'm able to identify fear as it comes and just kind of watch it move through me. So instead of instead of knowing that I'm in fear and holding on to it, I just kind of consciously observe what it wants to do to me observe the the voices that come along with that the the voices that tell you you're not good enough the voices that tell you you know you should become something that you're not um and the very observation of that just kind of makes it disappear often oftentimes so it's a practice of of just being in non-judgment of just being able to observe without judging your feelings I guess for others that might be interested in learning more about this practice, are there um, places where you can point them to specific books that they, you can get people to read? Sure. I mean, any, um, I would say any Krishnamurti book, Jay Krishnamurti, because um, he basically kind of preaches the same thing uh, just through, you know, through different um, sets of words. Um, so that, and, uh, he's also on Instagram. Um, I believe it's Krishnamurti, the immeasurable is the handle. Um, or you can go to kfa.org. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Sure. As we begin to close, how can our listeners find you if, if they have additional questions? Uh, so you can find me on IG, uh, at Paula de Ocampo. Uh, or you can email me at create, relate, retreat, repeat at gmail.com. That is my blog as well. What is, um, tell us more about that. Why those four words? Because it's, it's kind of my cycle. And I, I believe that, you know, we, we move in cycles. Our life's not linear. Um, and with every cycle of creation, that's kind of what I do is I create something so that I can relate it to others so that, uh, so that it might resonate with others. And then I have this tendency to just retreat back into my hole until, you know, something else comes that I feel might um, be of use to someone else. Nice. We're going to have to all probably incorporate that into our own daily mantras. <laughs> Create, relate, and relate. Retreat, retreat. <laughs> really simple. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Paula, for talking to our community about Philippine X identity in children's books. Um, we're so honored to have you featured on our podcast right before the holidays so that we can help support you in purchasing books for our young ones to connect more with our identities. We're excited to witness how your journey continues to unfold 
and are here to support you as your Philippine ex and wellness family. You are very welcome. And thank you so much again for having me. Welcome. Do you have any final words that you'd like to share with our listeners or our viewers before we end? Just to be comfortable in your skin. Okay. Thank you. You hear that everyone just be comfortable with your skin, in your skin. <laughs> Being yourself is exactly who you should be. Yes. I definitely will advocate for that as well. And to our listeners, um, for our next episode, we'd like to introduce you all to Bernadette Aguirre of Ina Botanicals and Tea. We'll be featuring her as we continue to talk about our plant allies, herbs, and teas to aid in our mental, emotional, and physical wellness. This episode will be aired next year on our Wellness Wednesday, January 18, 2023. Happy early New Year, everyone. As we close, we'd like to say thank you again to our guest speaker, Paula Diocampo, our social media strategist, Kathleen Torrio, our designer, Richie, Rocky Rivera of Beat Rock Music for consent to use your track, Isley's World. And I guess we should also thank Isley for inspiring that track. Yes. Uh, also that you heard during the break, our advisors, Allison De La Cruz, Rian De Los Reyes, and Safo Tialogo, our community partners, this Filipino American Life, SoCal Filipinos, and Trek Table, and all of our community members for your shares and support. As always, we'll share more about our guest speakers' offerings on our Instagram stories and highlights for permanent access with any of their upcoming events. Be sure to follow us at PhilippineX in Wellness on Instagram, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, and on Twitter at PhilippineX, the letter N, well, followed by the letters N and S. Hit the like or subscribe button on our Philippine X and Wellness YouTube channel as we continue to bring you more content. Thank you always for believing in us and ending with us for the year of 2022. Be well, everyone. Continue to take care of yourselves and each other through the new year. We'll see you next year. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Malipayong Pasqua kag masinadyahong bagong tuig. Maligayang Pasko at manigong bagong taon. Yeah!